Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. I'm particularly jazzed for this guest because this is a re-showcased interview for the second time because this woman has had so much momentum in her journey since the first time I interviewed her. So who am I interviewing today? Who is joining us? We are joined by Marnie Allison. During her 25-year career designing learning programs for police, Marnie Allison developed skills in leadership, change management, resilience, and diversity. These skills served her well when her job was made redundant in 2015. Before starting a new job, Marnie chose to immerse herself in adventures and volunteer projects in Africa and Southeast Asia. The physical, emotional, and spiritual transformation Marnie experienced is described in her debut memoir, How a Gorilla, Orphan, and Monk Saved My Life. This is a delectable story of exotic experiences rooted in fearless wandering, peppered with cultural and historical insights, and seasoned with inspiration. The book unveils the transformative power of travel to stimulate personal growth and discovery while managing the unfamiliar and the uncomfortable. It illuminates the necessity of maintaining humor and resilience while facing mental and physical challenges, sustaining joy while dealing with the profusely tragic and embracing universal connections despite cultural divisions. The life lessons Marnie shares will inspire you to find your own path in life and perhaps even plan your own adventure. Marnie's adventures continue today. 
In May, she launched a speaking and coaching business called Transform the Journey. She is currently completing her Pure Potential Certified Facilitator Training. Marnie's second book, Your Amazing Itty Bitty Book, Travel Solo Book, 15 Strategies to Enhance Traveling Alone, will be released later this year. An illustrated book, Little Bird Learns to Fly, is also in development. This book is the basis of Marnie's first online course about living outside the expectations scripted by society and learning to shift challenge into opportunity. Just wow, Marnie. Thanks so much for rejoining us today. How are you, my friend? I'm very good. Thank you, Lisa, and I'm thrilled to be here. Well, this is, I, we've been talking about this because for everything that you've been doing in the background and for the updates that I just cited in the intro here, as compared to where you were when you were initially showcased on Living Fearlessly, you had to come back. <laughs> you, yeah. had to come, you had to come back on because people like you, Marnie, are truly, truly inspirational. And a lot of people who are joining us today, they're sitting on the fence. They're looking to listen to the imparted wisdom that's going to be coming from you throughout the course of the interview. And no doubt something you say or some type of experience to parallel what perhaps is going on for other people, that's going to catapult them into, okay, I can do it. If Marnie Allison can do it, if Lisa McDonald can do it, I too can also do it. So let's talk about, I mean, we're going to, we've got lots to cover ground here on, um, but let's talk about where where all of this clarity came for, for, for you. Where did it come from? Because, of course, there are like, for all of us, there's days where you don't feel jazzed, you don't feel inspired, the weather perhaps is not promoting the incentive to want to get out of bed, circumstances in life happens. So how did you get infused with all of this adrenaline, energy, clarity, and momentum? Because I am so impressed with you. Well, thank you, Lisa. Yeah, it's been an interesting year. Um, I'm not sure clarity is the right word. I would say it was more about persistence. And having Beautiful. a vision that I was working toward. And one of the things that I've learned is that when you set, it doesn't always come out exactly as you thought what you were aiming for. You take twists and turns and you learn new things as you're going. And the clarity comes one step at a time. And so um, I think the biggest thing for me was when I did the interview last year and I proclaimed, I'm going to publish this book. And I was... <laughs> going through a lot of um, imposter syndrome, wondering, why would I do this? Why does anyone read it? What's the value of it? And, you know, is this an ego project or what's going on? After that, I realized, you know what? Write it for yourself. And mm -hmm. if you write it for yourself and it's meaningful, then it will be meaningful for other people. And that's what I started to do. Stop worrying about what the end result was going to look like. Focus on the individual pieces give myself time to reflect and let it happen organically, which it did. Mm -hmm. And of it course, with every step that I took, I, I got more feedback from people and more confidence and more determination. And pretty soon I was into the flow of it, right? I was, it was easy to do the work because I could see something emerging mm -hmm. and I could feel that transformation in myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to bear witness behind the scenes with you, Marnie, and to be on the trajectory of your journey, um, you know, because people would know from the first time I showcased you, you know, you have gifted me with the honor and the privilege in which to mentor and coach with you. But truly, 
you know, you are so self-starting, you are so self-disciplined. It's just about, you know, leaning on somebody who perhaps has already gotten a head start on pumping out information or content or knows processes or resources that you yourself want to tap into. Uh, but really, you've done this all on your own, because if you weren't coachable, if you didn't believe in yourself, if you didn't have that inherent vision for yourself, we wouldn't be here today talking about the momentum of what's transpired from interview one to interview two. So you own it. Uh, again, I'm immensely proud and I'm super blessed and grateful to be on the trajectory of your journey, Marnie. I truly am. Well, thank you. I, I, I know that when I am faced with a task that I believe in, mm -hmm. I am capable of sitting down and putting the energy to it and, and working to learn more. My, my curve of learning straight up in some cases mm -hmm. and in in a couple of times it became overwhelming it was like I have to learn about marketing and how to write and and all of these things were happening at once and that became overwhelming so one of the things I did was that I sought out support from the people who are the experts such as yourself I also found a publisher that brought in an artist to work on my cover editors to help me produce the book and people who are helping me with marketing, those are not my expertise. But mm -hmm. what I'm doing is I'm learning as I go with them. I don't need to be the expert in all these things. My expertise is my story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that for the benefit of the listening audience, Marnie, and uh, eventually the podcast subscribers. Because sometimes people have this misnomer, this belief, that, which is a false concept. You know, I have to be the end-all, be-all. I have to be able to have all these skills in my particular wheelhouse. And that's not true. Nobody is, is uh, fluid in every single aspect of what they need, need to know to produce a finished product or to get themselves up and running or to go from, you know, ideology, the, the first concept of I want to birth a book to I don't know what I don't know. Therefore, the due diligence is on me to connect with those who do in fact know who are going to help me. So I want to commend you on that because a lot of people get in their own way and don't actually get anything off the ground because they think it's a weakness to ask for help. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the first step I took was getting a coach in yourself. Mm -hmm. And when I was having those moments of doubt, you kept me writing. And sometimes it was just, you know, stop, stop talking, just go do it. <laughs> right? and, and one of the funniest stories we had is that we were talking about, you know, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And, and then I started talking about how I had directed a friend to go do something. And you started to laugh because I was describing my passion and I had given it away to someone else and you helped me to focus it back. And mm -hmm. that was a really powerful moment for myself because it was like, just a minute, why are you giving away your dream to someone else? Mm. Take, mm -hmm. take it on. You've got to own it. But, um, you know, I also had like the publisher that I found. I, I brought the suite of, of um, activities they offered. So the editors, the artists, marketing, so that I could focus on what I needed to focus on. And I surrounded myself with positive people who were encouraging me that mm -hmm. when I had those low moments, they were, you know, there to say, no, stay with the journey. It's worth pursuing. Absolutely. Well, you touched upon something else there that I think is worth mentioning and delving just a little bit deeper for the listening audience benefit again. Um, you know, 
you and I are very empowered women. Uh, this is why it's so easy and it's such a treat to work with you because I give you a little tidbit of information and you run with it. Like you absolutely run with it and go vertical. Um, but we also know too that it's the giving back factor as well. It's paying it forward. It's being of service to other people. And so as important as it is to maintain the momentum and the trajectory for what it is you've identified and proclaimed as being your goals, your target dates, et cetera, et cetera, in which to execute and produce, uh, you know, it's okay to help other people. I share resources all the time because people don't know what they don't know. Um, and so it's not, it's not disempowering to assist other people, but when you put more stock in supporting someone else's dream at the exclusion or at the diminishment of your own, that's where it becomes problematic. That's where it becomes counterintuitive. So I, I just wanted to discern the difference between the two because you are very much an ambassador of, of humanitarianism and paying it forward and being of service. So your spirit's good. You're always putting your hat in the ring to help others. But yes, not at the exclusion of, of maintaining your own vision that you hold for yourself. Yeah, I think that's a really good distinction to make. And I think that um, part of it was I had to be truthful to myself of what I wanted. And it was a dream that seemed a little bit out there, a little bit challenging and off the normal path of careers. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to someone and saying, you know, I was feeling like I wasn't certain if I was going the right path. And many times I wanted to go back to the traditional work life that I'd had. I understand that. I know how to live in that world. Mm -hmm. And and one of my friends said to me one day, well, maybe you need to settle. And that was a crucial <laughs> moment for me because I was like, are, are you kidding me? And I realized at that point is, no, I actually am not going to settle. That's mm. the last thing that I want to do here. I might cry and scream and, and avoid it, but I'm not going to settle. <laughs> and and that, again, you know, it's another one of those pivotal moments where you pull out your value set and you look at it and you say, is this really important to me? And after that, it was like, well, this is easy because, you know, I'm going to prove to myself and this other person, not only can I do this, I'm going to do it well, I'm going to do it with integrity, and I'm going to make it matter. Beautiful. Beautiful. You know, and I recall you and I having that conversation where those words got uttered and I'm thinking, Marty, you got to find new tribe, man. <laughs> you got to find new tribe because when that, you know, and we've talked about this too, it's the whole, the way in which you self dialogue or the people that you give credibility to in terms of, you know, is this somebody who I'm actually going to take credible advice from? What is this person done results wise, goal oriented wise, uh, that makes them somebody who I should take any stock in. Um, so I am so happy that you revolted when you heard that, because if people can't, if people can't, see the benefit or the win-win to expediting your own commitment to rapid momentous personal growth, personal development. You know, you just have to look to the people who are doing it. That's who you immerse yourself in. That's who you take advice from. That's who you like look at what they're doing and have done well. And you go, okay, I can adopt that strategy. I can adopt that principle. Uh, but you're absolutely right to say 
it's an inside job, you know, how you dialogue with yourself and really getting clear as to what your non-negotiables are with core set values, that will always keep you on the straight and narrow. Even if everybody walks out, everybody, even if everybody thinks you've got like three heads because you've got these lofty goals for yourself, you know, as long as you're good with you, you're good with whomever, wherever, whenever, however, I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And in this case, the person is someone I trust and normally would give me good advice and has been very successful. Mm -hmm. In her mind, she was helping me. She was protecting me from this world where I was in a, a state of uncertainty and doubting myself. And it was like, well, you know, you can go back to what you know, and you might have to start over a little bit, but, but you're going to be okay in that path. Well, yes, that's kind of true, uh, but I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be moving on. I wouldn't be learning. Mm. And, and it was like, I, at that point, it became a good teachable moment to say, this is not who I am. This is not where I want to be. Some mm -hmm. people are happy where they're at, and that's fine if that's the choice that you've made and it's a conscious choice. Mm -hmm. But if you're settling because you're afraid of what's in front of you, then that's a different story. And, and I've had that a lot. So I've been very careful to start selecting people who are giving me energy and avoiding the energy vampires. And, Beautiful. And it makes all the difference in the world that I just um, have learned now to walk away or shut down the energy vampires and say, I don't need to take that on. Fantastic. In the past, I would have felt responsible for getting them to understand me and to maybe, you know, improve them. Now I'm sort of, that's their journey. They've got to walk their path and I've got to walk mine. And Beautiful. Mine certainly is not about settling. <laughs> not even part of the vocabulary at all. <laughs> so um, that, what you just said there is a good segue to where I wanted to go um, with you throughout the course of the interview. So before we, we delve in specifically to each body of work that you have uh, ramped up here and you have immersed yourself in, I want to ask you the contrast between who Marnie Allison was last year to who Marnie Allison is today. What have you noticed within yourself that really has hit home for you? Well, I think the confidence, number one, mm -hmm. and, and the willingness to take on the uncertainty, uh, put myself out to the possibility of failure. I had mm -hmm. had a very successful career and it always involved change and pushing the limits, but I always had a safety net that was there. So what has been really the growing piece for me this year is to get out on the tightrope with a far less secure safety net beneath me and be okay with that and not just okay with it to actually welcome it. And so I think um, really knowing that when there's something worth learning, you put mm -hmm. the time and energy and others can flock around it and lots of clucking, sometimes good, sometimes bad, <laughs> but that I have to be focused, that I have to be secure, that it's congruent with what I, and that when that's happening, it, you're unstoppable. Beautiful. 
Beautiful. And you and I often talk about, as I do on this uh, program week to week with each guest that I showcase, you know, I don't believe in coincidences. It, you know, it's about synergistic alignment. And, you know, the more committed you are to knowing not only who you are, but what you represent, what you stand for, what you will go to the wall for. And again, results don't lie and your results are through the roof, I have to say. Um, but, you know, the momentum of what continuously shows up in your life where people would normally classify that or characterize that as a coincidence, it's not. You have relinquished all the energy or the thought processes that once upon a time did not serve you. It was counterintuitive. It was counter, uh, counterproductive. And it truly was impeding you from momentously taking off in the way that you've now scaled and leveraged your career and your passions and your purpose. Um, so, you know, when you choose to consciously relinquish that, which is potentially holding yourself back, and again, it always comes down to choice, you're then creating and opening up that space for all the yummy things that you so-called desire, or you're manifesting, or you're visualizing, or you're strategically setting out to accomplish. So for what we're talking about in this interview, and, and again, noting how remarkable your growth and development has been from interview one to interview two in the span of one year, there's no coincidence to all the great stuff that's showing up in your life, because you also are creating your own reality correct right i i describe it as i put myself into the path of opportunity yes so i did the interview last year and then a friend invited me to go to a speakers club that was starting up and she was looking at it for business so kind of to support her and because i like public speaking i said sure i'll come along so we went to this and other people were giving speeches and at the end of it they said does any you know marnie do you want to take and do a one minute speech one minute. Mm -hmm. I stood up and I told the story that about my book. And at the end of that, a woman came over and she said, I'm a publisher. Wow. <laughs> right? I want to publish your book. I was like, well, it's not written. Well, call me when it is because I want to publish it. And then I went to a conference in the United States in, in Scottsdale. And I met a bunch of people and they reinforced that, you know, this story is worth telling. And then through them, I met the editor or the publisher again. And so I said, hey, you know what? I'm just about done that book. And then that publisher led to, you know, the next person and the next person. And at that conference, I met the other publisher that's publishing my itty bitty book. And so it was all about, you know, when you put yourself out there and you're meeting the right people, guess what? The opportunities open up. Absolutely. Love that. And I appreciate you sharing those examples because that does depict, underscore and illustrate that when you believe in yourself and you take those risks, these are the end result, the tangible results uh, that, you know, in spades, duplicate your own results for what it is you aspire to do. Right. And then these resources for what they specialize in connect with you and boom, bang, boom, bang. Again, reinforcing you don't have to know it all. You don't have to be at all. Uh, but you do have to put yourself in the opportunity arena in which to align with the people who can expedite your journey and your goals and your intentions. And some of the times I was doing things, you know, oh, I would love to do that. Went and tried it. Yeah, you know what? I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I thought it was. And that's not what I want to be doing. So, you know, it's been as important to drop stuff off the list as it was to add on. And I think that that, you know, part of the real learning is I'm more and more confident of what I can do and of why I want to do it because I've started to throw away all the other stuff that doesn't matter. 
Absolutely. Well, and the other thing that I will add to that, too, because you your level of due diligence and self-discipline is very on par with mine. This is why we work so synergistically well together and why we're both results oriented. And these things, again, no coincidence are showing up in both of our individual lives. Um, but oftentimes when people, you know, some people might be somewhat good at writing down their daily to do list or their goals, uh, but they always want to start with the easiest things. Never start with the easiest things. Start with the hardest things because once you start with the hardest things that require more commitment, more investment of time, more focus, more energy, as grueling as it might be and as, as spread out as the task might take before it's accomplished, everything else on that list is so even more so exponentially easier. Right. right. And, and the growth doesn't come from doing what's easy and what's comfortable. The growth is what comes from the challenging things, the things that we go, oh, God, I don't really want to bang out a thousand words today, but I have to. Yeah. And that's where the persistence and, and some scheduling really became important. Yes. One of the things that really yeah. changed for me in the writing is that originally I was kind of writing when the mood took me. Mm-hmm. And instead, I changed it to feel like a job. And I said, you have to show up to work every day. You have to do certain kinds of things. And on the days when I was feeling re- really creative, then I did certain kind of work. And on the days that I was not as creative, then I knew that there was other work like editing or research or, um, you know, doing the business side of things. That's when I could do those. But when you do the hardest and most important work, you actually discover a lot of what you thought you needed to do doesn't Mm -hmm. even matter you don't have to do it and so that's where you know part of the efficiency comes is you already have made all the big heavy decisions so you don't you just don't waste time on that other stuff absolutely Absolutely. And we know time management and time itself is the biggest commodity going for people who are top tier producers and executors and are pumping out content and achieving constantly their goals and so that they can create space for new goals and more honed, clarified goals. Um, So let's I want to I want to take advantage of what time is left in this interview, Marnie. So, you know, your debut memoir, How a Gorilla, Orphan and Monk Saved My Life. First of all, absolutely love the title. Like, Thank you. I mean, I mean, if I saw that, right, if I was to walk into a bookstore right now without even knowing you, that would that would immediately grab my attention. So one, strategically smart, but obviously there's a story as to why you've decided to call your book that. So without giving the book away too much, because we want people to buy it, uh, we want people to provide uh, reviews for you up on Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. Tell us a little bit about the premise of that book. What is in that book? So um, I lost my parents and my voice because I was in a toxic situation. Mm -hmm. And then I lost my job. So I went off to Africa and Southeast Asia as a break. And then I was going to come back to Calgary, get another job similar to what I had been doing and carrying on with my life. But as I was traveling, I was encountering a number of experiences and some of them are quite simple and typical of of travel and some of them were quite challenging and some of them were tragic and as I was moving along I was blogging and sharing the stories with people and so when I came back people were saying well you need to put that together into a book So it started out as a book about the experiences of travel. But as I was doing that, I realized this isn't the book I actually need to write. 
And I started to think about why am I telling that particular story? What's the meaning behind that story? And that's when I started introducing the concept of life lessons. And I had some fun with that. So, for example, I have a title, Visit Your Relatives. And that's about going to see the chimpanzees. But it also is the story about how my parents raised me and the values that, that they infused in me. Mm-hmm. And I have, for example, be careful what you wish for. And um, let your weird show, which is about visiting in Madagascar and all of the weird creatures that are there, but about how perfect it is when you're in nature and you, you allow the diversity to just shine through. Mm-hmm. So in those moments I started to incorporate what was my personal journey so not just the physical journey but what was really happening for me and then out of that started to come the real life lessons which um, there's five of them that I sort of conclude with but they're really around the themes of of uh, dealing with resilience Mm -hmm. and how you create your own story how you how you handle issues um, about what you see as important and mm-hmm. how do you respond when you are in a situation of discomfort and sometimes where you may actually be in situations that you don't understand at all, right? So um, I'm a very interested person in world politics and understanding how people do things and how, how events come about. So mm-hmm. as I'm moving through some of the countries, I'm actually commenting on some of the, the cultural and historical things that occurred and my perception of that and of what I felt the countries, for example, South Africa, what is it like to be in post-apartheid South Africa and be talking with people who both had privilege and the people who did not? Mm-hmm. And also, what can I learn about my own life when I visit countries where material wealth does not exist, but the relationships amongst families are strong, and they were actually pitying me for the fact that I lived in a house by myself. Wow. And, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're encountering all of these things where we have a view of the world, and all of a sudden it gets tipped upside down. Mm-hmm. And you're standing there thinking, how do I explain to someone this is a, a sign of privilege, this is a sign of achievement, that I have my own house. And they're just looking at me, and, and I actually had people apologize on behalf of my family and friends. Wow. And Beautiful. so some of, the, some of those stories are woven in there. And, and it's really then about who am I, what do I value, how do I see the world? Um, how do I view the problems that I encounter and what can I learn from them? And um, in some circumstances, for example, in Cambodia, I actually, my, my tour guide and I, myself ended up performing CPR on an individual while his mm-hmm. wife and child stood by, well, not child, daughter, she was an adult, uh, stood by. And so, you know, you want to understand who you are and what matters to you. Mm-hmm. Put put the life of someone else in your hands in a foreign country where no one is speaking the same language and see how you come out of that. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Well, what I'm going to say, because I was really taking that all in, and it's not like I haven't had these conversations with you before, but the more you say things and clarify and crystallize things, it resonates with me and penetrates with me even much deeper than originally so. So what I love about you, Marnie, you know, and I know that a lot of this uh, in terms of you being a perceptive person, being a compassionate person, being a, a cultured and worldly traveled person, you know, yes, those experiences will expand upon perspectives. They will make you, uh, it deepens the level of gratitude one already thought that they had. But then to see juxtaposed haves, have not, those who are included and represented, those who are not, you know, those who have to fight for every little thing they have, even just to have a presence or to be seen as an equal human being with equal rights and all of those things. What I love about you, Marnie, is you are so self-actualized. Your level of self-awareness as a result of tapping into other people uh, and really taking things introspectively to the deepest level possible is what I think makes you a very well-rounded, solid human being and a phenomenal human being. Your level of appreciation for every aspect of life, whether we're talking about culture, whether we're talking about difference, inclusivity, representativeness, uh, everything. I I just think you are so well-rounded in a way that people are missing out on. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I do a lot of writing. And one of the things when I was traveling, in places like Africa, this is not your typical tourist trips that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so the, I was surrounded by people who were like-minded in the sense of um, what is responsible travel? What does it mean to do this with purpose? Mm-hmm. And to, to not be judging other people, but to be learning and to share and to gain a global perspective of yes. what's going on in our world. And you know, particularly now when we listen to some of the politics and the rhetoric and and the vitriol that I hear in the way that people discuss things. And I wish, you know, I I sometimes just say to people, can we take a step back Mm. and maybe let's start from a position of gratitude? Yes. Um, And then let's have that conversation and let's see what comes out of that. Because there are so many things that we as Canadians take for granted Mm-hmm. that we're not even aware that we take it for, you know, I mean, that's the definition of take it for granted, right? Right. We're not even aware that that doesn't exist elsewhere. But when you're standing in front of a woman who you've just given $20 to, and that's a month's wage, <laughs> right? Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I had kind of come to terms with dealing with poverty, And then I happened to give this extra money to a couple of women. And as we were leaving, I looked back and they are dancing in joy. And I was sitting there thinking it was such a small amount of money. Like what is, what, what's the big deal? Then I researched, well, what would be their, you know, their monthly income? And I'd given them a month's wages as a throwaway, as a throwaway. And I thought, okay, you need to reevaluate this because what you spent on buying that Coca-Cola, maybe somebody's weekly weight beautiful and you know I love I love that you see things that way I mean a lot of people just don't have that level level of depth or substance where they really can appreciate the value of what they do have because in contrast you can see how that magnifies what that means so much more 
for the scale of somebody else on a day-to-day basis in their country of origin. Um, and, and just to know that, you know, you took them into consideration, you know, you weren't there to just pleasure yourself on a trip and to collect postcards and, and trinkets and stuff like that. It was really to immerse yourself in the culture, to really identify and relate and have a a level, a field of resonance with the people whose land or whose country or community or village it was. And so you took the respectful route of going, how do I fit into the understanding of what life is like through the lens of these people. What can I learn from them? You know, just so beautiful, Marnie. This is why I absolutely love the core and the essence of who you are. So again, being cognizant of time, because I want to, you know, we've talked about uh, how a gorilla orphan and monk saved my life. So I appreciate the detail that you uh, described as it pertains to that particular body of work. Now let's talk about the itty bitty book. Let's talk about what influenced that, what that's about, what people can expect to get out of that. Certainly. So I was at this conference and this person was presenting that this is her business. Mm-hmm. And the concept behind it is that there are 15 steps. So they have a whole publishing company that is built on writing these small books that are 15 steps about, you know, how to lose weight or how to do your income taxes. And so she was talking about that and I was sitting there and all of a sudden I had this feeling of, I need to talk to her, really talk to her. So we made an arrangement to phone after the conference and I phoned her up and I said, well, I'm writing this book about a girl, a monk, an orphan, but I don't think it fits what you're doing. But I did sit down and I started to think, well, what's something that would fit this? And here's a pitch for you. How about solo travel? Because they're, they're finding now in the tourist industry that 50% of solo travelers are women. Wow. Or pardon me, that's not right. 50% of travelers are now solo. And of that, the largest portion are women. And so I thought, well, I have people all the time say to me, how can you travel solo? Mm-hmm. And, and I always say to them, well, Number one, I do everything solo. I'm single. I've never been married. I buy my house solo. I buy my car solo. I, I do everything solo. So traveling is easy. Mm-hmm. But, but number two, solo doesn't mean alone. That's and right. So part of it is that there are techniques. If you're truly on your own, there are techniques to meet other people. But also there are ways to be traveling where you leave home alone, but you don't stay alone. You join groups, you, you, you participate in volunteer projects, you uh, go on learning projects. And there's all these different ways that are out there to help people travel solo and meet people. And when I do that, um, I always say if I have a fascinating life, it's because I put myself out to meet fascinating people. Beautiful. And, and and so this book is about helping. It's aimed primarily at women, but it's relevant to everybody. It's about what are the the mindset issues that you need to deal with? How do you deal with the objections of people when you announce? You know, like you can imagine my family's response when I said, <laughs> I'm going to Vietnam and Laos. And they're going, where's Laos? Like, what is that? And, and mm-hmm. Cambodia and Africa by myself right well you know you have to have a way of dealing with the objections that people put in front of you because if you don't it's much easier to stay home I fought I fought that a lot right and then also how do you plan an itinerary how do you pack um because guess what if you're traveling long term 
one of the things that affects your your travel the most every day is what you have in your luggage or don't mm-hmm. have in your luggage. And so I've learned to be a much more efficient packer than I used to be. And then once you're on the, you know, how do you make sure you've got the proper documents, that you've got everything done at home that you need to do. For example, I set up all sorts of things for my brother to be able to pick up my mail, etc. But I didn't give him legal status to do that. I mailed a package back to myself and they wouldn't allow him to get it. Wow. It went into, we have no idea, somewhere floating around the world are a bunch of extra <laughs> things that I sent back from Africa, right? And, and I thought I was pretty prepared. And at the same time, like I did my taxes in Hong Kong. Like how, how amazing is that? No kidding. So this book talks about getting prepared. And then what do you do when you're actually traveling? How do you meet people? How do you maintain your safety? How do you maintain your health? Because one of the things I talk about in my book is what it's like to end up in a third world country and be having a health crisis, mm-hmm. which is no fun at all when you're traveling solo. So I talk about those kinds of things and about being a responsible solo traveler. And it's meant as a business card book. So it's uh, just sort of 40 pages, uh, point form highlights. And the idea is that it brings you in to come to my website and we'll talk in more detail. And one of the things that I want to set up is helping people plan travel. That is, you can go to the travel agents, you can go online and book, you know, holidays. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about travel, transformative travel, travel that reaches into your heart and gives you opportunities to understand the world differently. And more importantly, understand yourself differently. And that's where I want that book to, to take people. So impressed. And you're right, that type of book, although it might have, it might underscore things as it relates to traveling and how to be self-sufficient and how to be informed and keep yourself safe and all of those things. But you're truly right to say, Marnie, that, you know, that transcends and crosses, I think, all sectors of life for what it means to hone a good mindset, to be self-empowered, you know, to step out into opportunities, knowing it's going to enrich and expand you as a whole human being, let alone your life, the trajectory of where you're going. Um, So I can see a lot of interest in a lot of people, whether traveling is the, the main calling to that particular book. I can see a lot of people being attracted by wanting to read that book and being enticed by that book because it's going to change the ways in which they view a lot of things, even the term solo, as you were very correct to say in the beginning. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I'm really proud with how it's, it's at the editor stage now, really proud with how it came together and, you know, that I can see in that, yes, it's an empowerment book at the end. Absolutely. That's what it is. Absolutely. So again, being, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say to me, travel, I love international travel, but it's also a microcosm of, of problem solving and of how you approach the world. And so what I think is so powerful about travel is you don't have to travel for very long to really get to know yourself and um, to, to learn some new ways of coping. Mm-hmm. And so I always encourage people, you know, even it don't, you don't have to go to Africa, but you do have to pay attention to what you're doing. And can you build on what you learned while you were traveling? That's when the transformation occurs. Beautiful. 
Beautiful, Marnie. So very quickly, again, being cognizant of time, let's talk about let's talk about the last project that's in production, an illustrated book, Little Bird Learns to Fly. So I was in Bali, and that was my um, break. I had purposely built it to not have very much activity. Mm-hmm. And so I was going and getting all sorts of, you know, massages and different things. And I decided to go out to Lombok, to one of the islands. And I was trying to sleep in, and this little bird was outside my window, and it was chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> and it just, you know, kept going. And, of course, I was doing that, you know, go away. <laughs> you're, right. you're, bother- you're bothering me. And then, for some reason, I kind of went, well, you know, it's a pretty insistent little bird. Maybe I better listen to what it says. So I picked up my iPad, and I started to write. And I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And out of that came, it's somewhere between a short story and prose, Mm -hmm. a a story about a little bird who has followed the rules, done what everybody wanted them to do, um, always flew straight, flew straight to work, flew straight to family, flew straight to the, you know, soccer game and the friends, but always wondered, what if I did things slightly different? What if I went on an adventure and I went over here instead? And so the the story evolves that eventually the little bird starts to try that. And, of course, out of that comes adventures and learning about how we're socially conditioned and the kinds of fear that holds us back and, and other lessons that come out of it. And when I finished it, I realized I had just written the autobiography. So <laughs> I... I I realize it's sort of the gorilla orphan and monk in in short form. And so um, I've shared it with a few friends and said, okay, you know, what do you think? And a couple interesting things came out. My one friend shared it with her five-year-old. So they read it together. It's written for adults. It's, it's, you know, it's really about empowerment and consciousness. But the five-year-old was on her lap right along with her. And he was commenting on what, you know, what he saw, how he imagined this and the movement that I was describing. And so then I started talking to the artist that did my cover for the Gorilla book. Mm-hmm. And so that's Lorraine Shoba from Little Blue Bug Studios. And I said, I think I could illustrate this and have a story that the adults can relate to and a story that children can relate to. Fantastic. And if I, if I could get this into the hands of young people who are starting to make the decisions and, and are following the trajectory of what they think is supposed to happen, mm-hmm. could we have the discussion about what you want to have happen, about what you're conscious of having happen, about taking those chances, living, as you say, fearlessly, Mm-hmm. And so what I want to do with it is both create an illustrated book. So we're in the discussions about what that would cost and how to do that. And I also want to create a course out of it that is really about talking about resilience and choice and um, definition of yourself and empowerment. Beautiful. Marnie, just beautiful. I love everything that you're describing, everything you're endeavoring to do, and knowing that this is going to 
really harness people's lives. This is really going to make them conceptualize things quite differently than the perspective of how they wake up every morning and they don't feel jazzed and they're just paying their bills and they don't feel, they don't necessarily know what their purpose is. You know, they don't really feel a calling to utilize their 24 hours in a way that makes them feel grateful to be alive, you know? So very quickly, again, being cognizant of time, Marnie, I want to give people the opportunity because a lot of what you've said here is going to resonate with the listening audience. How can people connect with you? Where can people purchase your books for the bodies of work that are still uh, in motion uh, for completion? Where can people tap into connecting with you to ask you more, to seek you out for speaking, uh, to collaborate on partnerships with you, endeavors, things of that nature? So the best way to get a hold of me is through transferthejourney.com. Mm-hmm. And you can also contact me at Marnie at transformthejourney.com. And um, so, you know, um, I invite people to come on, leave messages. I'm going to be establishing a Facebook page as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, any of those ways, either MarnieAllison.com or transformthejourney will get you to me. Fantastic. And the the Howard Gorilla Orphan and Monk Saved My Life launches on June 12th. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited about that. Yeehaw! We'll be on Amazon on that date. And mm-hmm. so I hope people will pick it up and give it a good read. And I, I look forward to hearing feedback from people. And um, the amazing Itty Bitty book, it's in the editing stage. So we do not have a publishing date yet established. Mm-hmm. And the little bird book I'm aiming for probably midfall, if I can make all of the ducks line up. <laughs> no doubt you will. That's the Marty Allison I know. <laughs> That's the Marty Allison I know. And I just want to clarify for the listeners, Allison, which is Marty's last name, has two L's, A-L-L-I-S-O-N. Uh, so please ensure that you're inputting the information in the search bar correctly to find her and she'll pop up. Uh, So very quickly again, Marnie, uh, what would you want, because we infused a lot of yumminess and a lot of good key core concepts and inspiration in this uh, interview, for which I'm I'm super grateful to you for having done that. Um, But what would you want to be the one takeaway out of all that you've shared with the listening audience here today that you would hope most resonates with them? So my local is transform the journey, shift challenge into opportunity. And that would be my takeaway, that all of these things that get presented in our lives, and they're not always easy, mm-hmm. are, are opportunities to learn, to grow, and to share. We know that happiness comes from your relationship with other people, and that the easiest way to make yourself happy is to make other people happy. And that's what I would hope for people, is seek that, and the rest of it is going to all fall in place. Absolutely beautiful. Well, I just want to say, Marnie, again, as I said in the intro, as I say to you behind the scenes when we have our mentoring sessions on the phone, uh, I just couldn't be more proud of what you have done for yourself you know you believed in yourself you made the conscious choice to do these things to aspire to endeavor and to take massive action because that's the difference between what extinguish uh, distinguishes between 
a want, a wish, and something coming to tangible fruition. And going back to what you said in the intro too, as far as the imposter syndrome, and people have this real misnomer of, of what does ego mean? You know, knowing that your purpose for wanting to write these particular messages, knowing that there's so many abstract levels of, of learning and messaging within everything that you've chosen to write about, um, when you want to give those gifts of knowledge, insight, experience, tools, yumminess, nuggets of wealth, wisdom, inspiration to the rest of the world, there is nothing narcissistic about that. In fact, ego is more so playing small, keeping yourself stuck, thinking you don't have the right, or who am I to shine? But it's not about the accolades. It's not about the pat on the back. One, it's proving you can do something because you've identified it as being intentionally uh, important to you. But by endeavoring to do what you have chosen to sign up for, this is the gift that you share with the rest of the world, knowing somebody's going to have major breakthroughs, takeaways, aha moments, and it can completely transform not only who they are as a person, their mindset, their level of gratitude, but the rest of their life. And then they get into the fold of, you know what, if, if I was able to derive this from Marnie Allison, what can I then, you know, pay it forward to somebody else through utilizing my strengths, tapping into my voice, my passions, that's going to go change someone else's life. That's the yummy domino effect. There's nothing imposter about it. There's nothing egoic about it. I think people who choose not to shine, who choose not to step up and not to impart their, their messaging, that's where it's selfish. True. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I'm, I'm thrilled to be on this journey, and I invite anybody who wants to transform the journey to join me. Well, I am going to be promoting that everywhere because it, it, people would be silly to not. And again, I, we're very cognizant. People don't know what they don't know. So I'm going to be splashing this everywhere. I'm going to be promoting you everywhere. I'm going to be buying your book. I'm going to be giving you a review because I believe in you. And I believe in the messaging within every body of work that you have uh, cultivated so beautifully for yourself, Marnie. That is the gift that you put out into the universal world. So for the ways that you continuously pay it forward and are of service to the collective, the masses, humanity as a whole i want to say personally thank you not only for myself but on behalf of everybody else whose lives you continue to touch to the listening audience i want to say thank you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedule for tuning into living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald with my guest my amazing brilliant phenomenal spitfire guest marnie allison of today i am very clear on my purpose which is to uplift you to fear less and to live more and until next friday I want to wish you a phenomenal weekend. Love and gratitude, my friends. Take care. Take care, Marnie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. 
CBSRadio.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.